We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Lightyear's podcast. We are Sam. It's been a while since we did do uh, an open. Like I did it like a real intro just now. Remember when we used to do like real intros? Yeah. Um, Good times. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, Zaza's back, so we have to make this podcast more professional. We got to bring it back to the glory days. Fun fact: Do you know the Warriors have won a title every year Zaza's been on the roster? I mean, that's, you know just, that, that's just a fact. Facts. You know only. that in you know you know that in pickup hoops when I play with my buddies in tournaments and stuff, I'm known as Zaza now because I'm washed and I can only set screens. So, <laughs> you know, you just the dude constantly walking the line. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I've had people. I mean, back when I used to play a lot more, it was actually good. People would get so angry because, like, I would do things where it's like, where it's like you put your knee. You wouldn't be hurt, but you like put your knee under his ass, right? So it's just like uncomfortable for them where they can't like move and stuff like that. It's not like they get injured, but they'll be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like cut it out. And you know, this is, by the stuff. way, what Draymond will be doing when he's at the tail end too. <laughs> like he's not doing that right now. Or or basically Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul every single game. Yeah, the only yeah. difference is those guys are significantly better, whereas like Zaza's only trait was rebound, box out, and do all the dirty things. Yeah, that, he had to do that to be good at basketball. Well, how do we start the podcast doing Zaza? Because he is the new Jerry West. He is replacing. <laughs> I mean, I don't. His role is consultant, which really. 
I mean, it could mean he does nothing. It could, it, it, or it could mean he's Jerry West. You know, it's like it's one of those vague titles. Like they, they released all the new titles. Mike Dunleavy is now the assistant GM. I don't know how I feel about that one, but I'm not going to pretend. Did like, you see that? That was weird, huh? Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pretend. I'm like in on the inner workings and how much he's doing. So we'll we'll see how it works out. By the way. Um, uh, everybody, please check out Blue Wire. I'm going to do a little plug, Sam. Uh, Kevin Jones, uh, CEO at Blue Wire, doing huge things. He did a, a presentation last week uh, in front of a lot of investors. So it went really well. Uh, subscribe to Light Years. It only helps us, helps him. Five-star ratings. You know, you yeah, can right. me. People hate me a lot. They like you, Sam. So go ahead and throw that out there. Well, I mean, that, make, that makes sense. I'm, I'm the one with the heart. You're not. So... Um, <laughs> But no, we're we're gonna do some cool things this year. I don't really want to get into it now because these are just kind of fun summer pods. But I think we'll post more often. Maybe some bonus content. We'll, we'll get into it in a month or so. There will be a lot of fun stuff. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. But... So, so there's only really one piece of Warriors news this week. So we should kind of start with this, and then we can just take the pod where we want to go. The uh, Chase Center is real. It. it in the official opening, the Warriors have officially moved all their business ops and employees over this week. Uh, I didn't think it was actually going to be real. I remember texting you like two weeks ago. No, no, no. We were talking last week, and I was like, I was like, Sam, like, do you think this shit's actually going to get built? Like, I still look at it sometimes, and it's like, damn, this thing's not even done yet. And no less than like two days later, later, you were doing a tour inside Chase Center. Um, it, you saw it live, so your thoughts. I want to get your thoughts. We need them. The people need them. You know, some people have been critical, but like I've, it was weird for me walking through it uh, because I just never seen a game there. It, when I was walking through it, what stuck with me is the number one thing you remember about basketball games is the atmosphere. Um, and we just don't know what that's going to be like. You know, it's not a baseball stadium. Like everyone can go to AT and T Park, or I guess it's Oracle. Park whoa, 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 and, Oracle. Yes. And and you know, I mean, like it is just a very pretty place to watch a baseball game, right? But but baseball, every stadium is shaped differently. Like you, you can't really do that with basketball, can you? Well, our friend of the podcast, Ethan Strauss at the Athletic, had a had a had a biting piece about the shape of the arena he said it's just a cylinder so to your point i guess there's not much you can do about the shape of an arena but who cares about the fucking shape of an arena? yeah so my so my thing what else did you like so my my thing is um the sight lines appeared good they it's like 90 percent the same kind of bowl layout as oracle so two two levels good views from everywhere a little different but like they they didn't go for the staple center three-tiered thing they didn't go for the United Center where it kind of is really cavernous. They're trying to create the same atmosphere, whereas if the fans are into it, it's loud. Whether that's the case, we'll see, right? But Yeah, it did. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. Go, yeah, so it's like it, it did seem to me they, they didn't try to pack in an extra 10,000 seats or something to kind of really put the fans farther away. It's like the same type of sight lines. It did seem a little bit like a lot of my friends got that tour. Um, they probably saw you as well. They did say it was like it was pretty, it was gorgeous inside. 
Um, and so they were also season ticket holders at Oracle. And I think most people that went to Oracle games, great atmosphere, right? Great fans. But I mean, the thing was a shit show inside. Like I, we had guys, I remember covering the team for so long. Guys were taping the floors down before the game and yeah. pulling tape out off the floors after the game. They, they said this was, uh, this was gorgeous, right? Obviously it's a brand new arena. Um, I think the point is though, like there's not anything in it that's kind of different from anyone else. I guess when you're Joe Lacob, somebody that talks so much about how great his he yeah, is. I feel, I feel like people is. were expecting like a floating floor or something. Like, yep, yep. You were joking about exactly. like they should have had a huge statue of Lacob courtside just watching everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, I just you expect someone like Lacob right to do something like that. But I, I think that's that's why like the expectations are from that. But outside of that, it's like you're right though. Like, what what are you supposed to do? What do you like, what are you supposed to do with this arena that's supposed to, like, differentiate itself outside of, hey, if it's going to be loud and have good fans, like the old Oracle Arena, that's – isn't that all we want? Isn't that all that Yeah, matters? so I'll, I'll regrade it in maybe halfway through the season or after mm-hmm. we've gone. But, like, I, I kind of made a list. If, I, if I'm going to a game as a fan, um, things I want in this order. Price is number one. They're <laughs> obviously not doing us a favor there. Uh, but, like, I mean, obviously um, – Two is sightline. Can I see the game well from where I'm sitting? Uh, are the fans Sam, close? Yeah, you got sight seats. Come on, man. <laughs> but you know that, like, they, there are state. I do not, by the way. But like, <laughs> there are stadiums where the sightlines suck more than others, right? <laughs> Three is how quickly can I move around? Can I get to the concessions and back between timeouts? Or if I get up, is it going to be a half quarter to quarter long adventure and that was always my issue with oracle man if you tried to get up to go get a beer to go to go get some fries to get some sort of food you're like okay i gotta leave at the two minute mark so i beat the rush so i can be back for the start of the next quarter and like you don't want to do that you want to be able to get in and out fast and that's one of those things where you won't know until they start playing games like are there enough concessions can you get in and out of there quick or is this the type of thing where it's like get everything before the game because if you have to go again, you're going to miss a half a quarter? Yeah. Um, I, I thought Oracle wasn't that bad there. I don't know. I, I thought that it was relatively easy. But I, for me, it was always as a media person, I would go during – so I was like right next to the exit. Right where fans kind of have to walk up to the exit, and most fans go during timeouts. I would just go whenever, so there are less people. I didn't think Oracle was too bad. I think the issue here is oh, and the, um, the last the last thing that I think is kind of the two the two most the two other things I didn't talk about that I think are important mm. are pre and post game atmosphere. Oracle sucks for this. AT and T Park, on the other hand, I do think what makes Giants games fun is being able to go to like restaurants and bars beforehand, or if it's a good game, being able to like walk out and do that afterwards. Yeah, I yeah. think that whole plaza thing in front of Chase is going to be really cool pregame. Maybe I'm wrong, but those are the type of things you don't know until they start playing games. Like It, well, it turns into an event, and then the, the... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You're right, because... You look at Oracle, there's nothing around there, right? You kind of have to, like, Uber to downtown Oakland, basically. There's nothing around there. But um, where where Chase is right now, I, I don't think there's a massive t- uh, amount of stuff there, but they're building it out where there's going to be a it's, ton of restaurants. It's pretty close, there, so. but I do think kind of having that pregame yeah. thing like outside of it, it does, 
it does add to the atmosphere because people make a point. They're like, oh, man, we should go here for an hour before the game. And then they go to the game way more excited. And then the energy permeates. Like all way that stuff. Trunk. Yeah, all that, but all that stuff matters. It, it's, it's um, you know, it creates the atmosphere because ultimately the people create the atmosphere. And what you're trying to do is bring the best out of people, not necessarily – you know, tech's not what's creating the atmosphere. What's creating the atmosphere is people being in the best mood possible. And the best mood is like from having comfortable seats, from being able to get around, from all this stuff brings the best out in people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the I mean, la- – la- yeah, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you got one more point. Let's finish that up. I was going to say the, the last thing is, is, you know, the tech side is a little important. Like do does my cell phone work? Because it, we're at a point where like if I can't send a text – to my friend across the arena that puts me in a bad mood. That's annoying. Like that, that's the last thing. And these are all things we won't know until you have 17,000 people in there. Yeah. Oracle didn't have working Wi-Fi um, ever pretty much if, unless you're media. So um, no, I hear you. I, so a few things. Number one, I think with the, the, the one that's very concerning to me, um, people who had upper level tickets, uh, the tickets at Chase did seem a little bit higher up than the ones at Oracle. Um, so it doesn't seem like upper level season tickets at, or upper level tickets at uh, Chase are going to be that great. It's almost like, man, you're really just watching that big old TV screen now instead of watching the actual game on the floor. So that's a little concerning. Um, this one I thought is a little bit funny. I can't wait to see people's think pieces on this one, Sam. Uh, I know you're fascinated by this, <laughs> but they have a divider. Uh, between what is the, I believe, the people that are sitting sideline um, and people that are sitting lower level, essentially. Uh, so there's a divider between that. So that's Separate the billionaires from the millionaires. <laughs> that's exactly. What, so it's not even like the elite from the poor. It's literally from the rich to the people that are rich but not as rich. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty funny. So I, someone pointed out to me that divider has a, is in every other arena except for Oracle. And the purpose <laughs> of the divider is because, like you, if I ever go to a game early, I just walk down to courtside because no one's going to stop me. So the purpose of it is to stop people from walking to courtside. That's the 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 team cell of it. <laughs> uh, whether that's a real thing or not, I don't know. But we'll see. But that's that's uh, it, 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 I wasn't too mad about it when I kind of find out the location of where it was, and it's like, listen, man, like if you can get a ticket, if you could buy a ticket to Chase, and you probably got out of quite a bit of money. So um, I think most people in there would be fine, regardless. Um, I am a little bit concerned about the atmosphere, though. Like most people, um, I think what well, they've got those suites that have your personal butlers and things like that. I I very much I'm going to assume a lot of those suites and a lot of people are going to they're yeah, bought up by like sales also under, those suites are also underground. They did actually a good job of not um stacking those seats in the middle of the arena so it kind of like yeah kills the atmosphere. Um my impression when I went there was a lot of the same season ticket holders renewed. The bigger issues to me 70% I think it was. Yeah, the bigger issue to me like it, it, it's all the same people I saw games. The bigger issue to me is people are going to sell their tickets. And I just don't think big games will ever have a good atmosphere at, at Warrior Games Well, they again. never did at Oracle in the last two years either. So. Yeah, because, and I can tell you this. As a season ticket holder, the recommended resale value for the Laker games is over two and a half times what face value is. 
So like basically what you pay in the season ticket package, like what it averages out to, they say those Laker games should be sold for two and a half well, times as much. And then I go on the Warriors ticket exchange and they are double that price and selling. So what you're saying is those elite games can actually be sold for five times your face value, which is to say, if you bought 44 of these, it's hard to pass up five well, times as much to just recoup. Yeah, well, my buddy has season tickets holders. He said he's not. He's a season ticket holder. He's a new season ticket holder. He says that he's not even going to go to a game. He's like, dude, what's the point? I'm going to make so much money. Like, he's like, I'm probably going to go to a few, but it's like, why would I do that when I could just make a shit ton of money reselling these? I and it's like, it's not really what you want to hear, but it's like, that's money, man. What do you expect? Like, well, that's what's going to happen. I also think if you're charging people two to $300 a ticket and everyone buys two tickets, hope maybe you split it with a buddy, but like, you know, no one gets a one season ticket to just sit alone for 44 games, right? Um, you usually get them in pairs. So let's say you're paying $500 for two tickets for 44 games. That's 22 grand. You're going to, gone are the days where it's like 10 to 15, 10 to $20 a ticket and you're just like, I don't need to sell it because this isn't that much money to me. Most everyone I know who has that makes good money, but still is like, dude, if I can like cut a few thousand dollars off my season ticket tab and I don't have to go to 10 games. So I only go to 30 instead of 40. Why not? And I completely get that. That's where, and this isn't a Bay Area thing. This is an everywhere thing. When the tickets get so expensive, most people are like, you know, I'd l- going to every game is just not worth it. Why not sell half of them if I can, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. where you get the issues. And this goes well beyond the Warriors. You see the same thing in every other city in America. Yeah. Well. Welcome to. Uh, I, I think the people who are kind of expecting the the old Oracle atmosphere. That's just not how it's going to work, man. Like, well, that was that was always even though even, that's been gone for four. Yeah, years. even. But you know how it is. But Sam, you know you know how it is. People are going to complain and say that Chase Center is not like what Oracle is. But Oracle wasn't Oracle in the last couple of years. That's just how it goes, man. That that's how it goes. No, no but, yeah, it let, like randomly turn up for a couple of games, and that's just kind of how it goes. There's too much interest in the team. It's too easy to resell your tickets. I really don't think this. If I have one issue with all the um, media critiques of the crowd, it's how woefully unaware they are of the secondhand market like the warriors facilitate the secondhand market i don't know a single season ticket holder who goes to all their games they all resell at least 20 percent. most resell half because it's too because it's just it's too and and the warriors could lower their ticket prices it's not going to make a difference they're still going to resell half it they'd have to lower the ticket prices to like 30 dollars a ticket to make people want to literally go give five hours a night, 45 oh. nights a year. <laughs> because unless you live next to the arena, you have to factor in travel time too. You know? Well, well, you know, there is a way, Sam, that, that the crowd might be, uh, might be a little lively. You may have some real fans, quote unquote, real fans. Um, well, the Warriors might not be good next season. So if you want the old Oracle crowd to come back, if they end up winning about 38 games, by the end of the season, if they're fighting for the uh, a lottery pick, yeah, you might have a, a good crowd where people are able to afford those tickets. So, if it's it's like a catch twenty two, man. If you you get what you wish, 
you know, Steph Curry is probably not going to be in the postseason. You know, if you're going to be mad about it, they're probably going to be, you know, a five, six seed that you know, is probably in the second round. So, you know, which one do you prefer as a fan? Right. Um, that's that's just how it goes, man. Yeah. All right. We're going to move it forward. I think I think we can end this by saying Chase Center. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad it's in San Francisco as a as an SF born and bred. And person. I mean, selfishly, we both work in the city, so it, <laughs> it's going to be cool for the two of us. We could get drunk before the game to be able to <laughs> not have to consider like game day. Got to leave the office at four. You know, that sort of thing. Dude, uh, I've had times where so, it's so taken I me do, two I hours. I do think dude. that's also part of the complaining from certain people where it's like their commute just got 30 minutes longer. And it's like, I, my sympathy level is somewhere between negative 100 and negative 99 for you. Like, I could give a shit. I'm about to take a ten dollar. I'm about to take a ten minute Uber now to the game instead of driving two hours. You don't think I'm excited? <laughs> I'm ready, man. I don't yeah, no one, no one games. had pity for old Andy spending two hours on the road forty times a year to Oracle <laughs> from from the peninsula where the the non real fans live. Did anyone? Did anyone have pity for you? Did Nobody. you ever once? Did you ever once advertise the commute? Uh, eh, I have a feeling bit. we're going to see media people letting us know every day how hard oh, the commute is. For you know, you know, people are always whining. The thing, the thing about media is they, the thing about basketball media is the thing I about media whine. is they like to talk about themselves. Yeah, well, shocking. Um, but like, here's the thing, um, and I love. We both know all the media people pretty much, but I whine about what I have to do with media because I actually work a real job. If I only did media. There's nothing to whine about, dude. Like the travel, the whatever. It's really like, come on, like, like it, all, the driving or whatever, dude. It's like, come on, man. You're getting paid to watch basketball and write about basketball. You don't actually have any type of stress, man. Like, let's let's cut let's cut the shit. So there, yeah. there's my take. There's, well, there's also, my take for you. Is that the tick pick take of the week? <laughs> <laughs> soon, coming soon, coming soon. Fuck the media. Uh, it's it's not even that, but it's they. I'm just gonna say if if I start seeing that stuff, I will make fun of it, <laughs> and that's all. It's all love. It's all good times. But I will make fun of you for complaining about your commute to the game. <laughs> yeah, it's not real life stuff, man. And this week, the tick pick take of the week is LeBron James' pathetic Instagram game, Andy. We were texting about it. Describe what you – how would you describe what LeBron is doing on Instagram? There's so much to dive into. But the worst part of it is at this point he is so shameless that he's making his kid wake up at 4 in the morning just so he can record him work out. Listen, Sam, me and you were also 15 years old before. We did – nobody wakes up at 4 in the morning, okay, to play basketball. Nobody. That's not how this works. Love of the fame. Oh, my God. I mean, we just like it's you remember that girl you went to high school with who always wanted to be famous and moved to L.A. and then social media got popular. And all you do when you log on to Instagram or Facebook is see her posting pictures of all the things she's doing and how cool she is. That's literally LeBron. And it's it's really unbecoming of a player of his stature. And honestly, like it just, 
it just makes me dislike the guy. It's like he he's so insecure in himself and his place in history. He has to do this. So it's just kind of like, my God, old man. Just like everyone, everyone thinks you're one of the three best players of all time. You don't need to do this. The final, uh, is, as we're, as the segment is sponsored by Take Pick, uh, Take of the Week, is that there was no need to uh, post a workout of him doing like two, three simple jump shots and then saying he's washed and that the comeback was coming. Sam, me and you, known as one of the larger LeBron cr- critics in uh, on Twitter, have we ever even called him washed? Come on, man. No, now we're no. just fighting straw men on, on social media. No one has. Um, it's just – I don't even know where to go with this, but LeBron, just get log off, man. Just log off, and that is your tick pick take of the week. All right, my bookie, Blue Wire, ad read, Sam, again. Football season's back. I just had my fantasy football draft last night. I picked Dalvin Cook in the first round. Um it's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on Sam's Raiders. Le'Veon Bell, who I trapped in the second round, is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one guy that, or the one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting, is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on all the football games every weekend. Uh, our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash Blue Wire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. I got buddies that are using this to bet on preseason games this weekend or tonight. Pretty pathetic. Um, but respect, Blue Wire. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. So all you, got, all you got to do is pick five NBA games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get paid. Moving on, what do we got, Sam? We got, uh, we got, uh, we got some mailbag questions. We're, we're going to actually, let's let's move into this. Um, so we're going to go with the first one here is from Bob Lynn. Loyal Light Years podcast listener. Oh, Asian dude. Love that. And that's all our listeners. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> hypothetically, what player would be an ideal fit with Steph, Clay, Dre, Core? on the court, in the locker room over the next five years. 3 and D wing who can attack closeouts, but okay with being a second, third option. Something like pre-injury Gordon Hayward. Um, I wouldn't have called pre-injury Gordon Hayward the ideal fit, like the perfect, perfect fit, but he would have been a good fit. Um, I actually have a good one for you. I was just thinking about this. Everyone talks about Giannis to the Warriors. And by everyone, I mean you and me <laughs> and like select warrior fans. But let's, let's assume D'Lo has a great year and the Bucks are desperate. Would you trade D'Lo oh, for God. Middleton? Chris Middleton. Because oh. he'd be uh, cool being the third option. Like he does, what, type, what type of year does D'Lo have in this hypothetical that you're giving? Let's say. What, what does he become? Let's say 10% better than he was this year. 
let's say he's the same type of player, but more efficient at what he does, but they're still the same defensive flaw. Like he, he get, he goes from bad defensively to just like average. Like there, there's no huge step. He just gets better at what he does. I do that trade. I do that trade. And my, and, and I think I do that trade pretty easily. Just, it's just an easy fit. I mean, it, the the Giannis, the Embiid, the the all these type of superstar players, they're going to be a long shot to come to the Warriors, right? End of the day. Um, so I think and, that and the, and the prospect chance, of getting one of them means getting rid of Draymond or Clay. In which case, it's a different it's a different conversation. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'd give both up for for Giannis. But um, I, yeah. So if if yeah if that option was on the table, I'd do it without even I give it about five seconds of thought at first. But Middleton is a solid defender. Uh, decent enough score in the postseason, right? He's a really good score in the regular season, but decent enough score in the postseason. And he's not going to be like the other thing selfishly is too. It, there's a pecking order, right? I think some of the issues sometimes with Stephen KD is you kind of didn't know who was going to shoot, who's going to have the ball. Now that worked out regardless because they're so freaking good. But with Steph, Clay, Middleton, and Draymond, it's perfect to where anybody can su- uh, spot up. Uh, Middleton can kind of get his own shot, actually better than Clay. Middleton um, can get his really own shooter. He's a good passer. He's a yeah, really good so defender. I do that in a second. I think you would too. It's just yeah, a matter Middleton's of making a, contracts work. Middleton's yeah. an eighteen point four to five assist kind of guy. Who, in other words, he'll have his nights where he can get thirty, but like more nights than not, it's between like fifteen and seventeen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Bucks would never do that trade. That's the problem. So <laughs> no, they someone would have to step up on their wing defensively, and yep. they would have to feel some desperation heat. That Giannis is going to leave next year, yeah. and think like we need a we need someone more creative than Middleton because the, to me the Bucks' biggest issue is Middleton is their closer. Yes, and well, the issue is that Giannis can't close. Then that's not it's not that Middleton is closer. But I view, I view Giannis, Giannis as a big man. I view him like AD. I view him like Shaq. Well, no, he's better than AD. No, but I view it in the same way that like he can be the best player on your team. But I don't think his game is situated to being a shot creator off the dribble from the perimeter. Well, you know, one day LeBron got there. Braun was a lot better shooter from a younger age. Correct. You could Correct. You, you could be right. Correct. Maybe maybe Giannis gets there, but I kind of view Giannis the same way I view Shaq, Duncan. I just view him as a bit like the modern version of the perfect big man. Yeah. Well. Well. The the, the thing with that is if they are forced to somehow trade. Uh, Middleton. That means that, like you said, Giannis is going to leave, and if that's the case, then the Warriors are going to be wanting Giannis way more than Middleton. And if you had to take a guess, I mean, Giannis would probably count the Warriors as a team he would go to if that were the case. So, yeah. Um, Any so. other players you can think of as a perfect fit next to them in in this um, scenario? I mean, Paul George comes to mind. Um, yeah, I think we realistic scenario maybe I think would be better. Um, uh, do you have to trade D'Angelo Russell? I, I I don't think so. But I mean, I look. I at mean, James you kind of have to if you want to. You kind of have to to absorb a contract period. But yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I was thinking Jalen. I don't think I think Jason Tatum's probably out of out of. But like people say, Robert Covington. Like I don't want that. If you want to look at more upside, I'd look at Jalen Brown. I don't know if you do that trade. Right, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I but, don't know like what, that, what you'd give Boston to make them want to do it, but well, I, would, I was going to say D'Lo, right? Like that would be yeah. that would be the guy, but but like maybe they wouldn't do that trade either. But I think that that is on the right track, though. It's just not much you can get. Like there's no not a real player like that if you look around the league because wings are so. Um, and that might that everybody might actually wants a wing. that might actually be why Robert Covington is the more realistic option because 
you start running down the list of wings who can play mm-hmm. both ways. Mm-hmm. It's a really short list. Like you, you, you realize how good a player clay is. Like it's easy for us watching clay every time, every day, basically be like, well, he can't create off the dribble. He's not, not that great. Right. But then you're like, there's like 10 wings who can score 20 points and guard the other team's best player at a yeah. high level max. At there's a high even, level. There's not even 10. So I take that. It's a five. Yeah, like look at like people like people are gonna say like oh Bradley Beal or like uh you know who who are the shooting guards like that are like better uh, dribble creators right than right. Clay but they don't play no defense and they're not the lock the knockdown shooter that Clay is I'd rather have Clay ten out of ten times than someone like Bradley Beal that's just how it's gonna be like we're talking playoff games that's the, well I, I'm not even gonna go on that rant but like. Clay Thompson is a proven playoff performer, and I, I just don't like seeing people like Bradley Beal mentioned in the same breath. And I but, like uh, Bradley Beal; I think he's really good. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm picking on Bradley Beal. Let's, let's move on to the next question. Bradley that. Beal does um, does get overhyped every summer a little bit, but anyway. Uh, but so does D'Angelo Russell, and now he's a warrior. So, yeah. all right, here's the next one. Light Years Podcast this is from Ron Dizzle. Are there any other foods that have this much hype? Like Popeye's oh God, chicken are we sandwich. Doing a f- Would you compare corner. it to Russell Westbrook? Considered one of the best, causes fights. Ultimately, a nice fad, but will flame out eventually and get you nowhere. Your thoughts? <laughs> I like have this. You had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I have not because I do not chase every trend I see on Twitter. Um, <laughs> That's because you're old. And and I'm my own person, so there's that too. Um, uh, let's see. I, I did like one? him. I kind of want to take it. Is Russell Westbrook the Popeye's chicken sandwich of of basketball players? I'm going to say yes. The 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 16 17 Westbrook MVP campaign, which is literally where Mad KD went to the Warriors campaign, was definitely an internet created fad. He was never the MVP. He was never nearly that good. And it just took on a life of its own because people online are very bitter. Um, I, will let, I will leave you to answer that question. My thoughts on the online thing is, Sam, I think the NBA from the media to the players give way too much credence to what is said from what is essentially a minority on Twitter. Um, I think the NFL, while they are a much worse uh, organization in terms of how they deal with social issues, do not really care what is said on Twitter and social media because they know at the end of the day, that's not the majority of people um, that are fans. I would agree with that. I think that's a very, very smart take. Yeah. Um, so some would say, pivoting to it as being ahead of the times. I kind of think it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, but your ultimate point is is accurate. Yeah. Right. It, Let me what move. do we got next? From Wiseman30, is Kobe the ultimate love of the fame player we've seen? <laughs> Dude who created the nickname Black Mamba, used the myth surrounding that persona to make us think he was near goat status and gave rise to the worst fan base in sports, the Kobe Stannies. 
You want to take this one? I'm going to say no. The worst love of the Ooh. fan players, clearly LeBron James. Kobe started doing this at the tail end of it. I mean, he created the Black Mamba thing, and like every one of his press conferences was like some sort of cryptic thing about like how hard he works. Uh, but he didn't. He just it wasn't as marketed as as this this tweet saying, in my opinion. I think he took on a life fit at the end. But I don't think it's love of the fame. Love of the fame is in the moment far more, and he was far too obsessive in the moment. <laughs> um, I think it's yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think end of the day, Kobe is someone that he would do what it took to win a basketball game. Um, and now part of that is gonna he wants to look good, but I think that he always just really just wanted to win titles and whatever came along with that, calling himself Black Mamba, etc. He'll live with. I think LeBron is more like, hey, if I don't win a title, let me think of ways to kind of um, to kind of make myself look a lot better in the light, uh, despite not winning. I think with Kobe, it was always I need to fucking find a way to win, no matter what. So, um, yeah, that's more love of the game than it is love of the fame, though. I think there's a little bit of both with Kobe, of course. Uh, there's a little bit of both in every one of us. <laughs> yeah, some of us is more of one than the other. Um, that was a great question. Uh, All right, what do we one, got next? For you. Bet your life 23. This guy cracks me up. Andy Lou, explain your love oh, affair God. with Taylor Swift and Dubstep. Oh, I didn't think you were going to actually ask this one. Um, first off, I'm not a Dubstep fan. I, I like EDM. I don't like Dubstep. There's a difference. People don't understand that EDM is – there are different genres of EDM. Okay, There's like trance. There's Dubstep. There's progressive house. There's deep house. Dubstep is the worst one. Sam, okay, you get it. Does that make sense? It, it does make <laughs> Silence. sense. It does make sense. <laughs> I honestly I zoned out when you start talking about EDM. <laughs> um, so I do not listen to Excision. For so for the for the five people that are, you know what I'm talking about. So I don't listen to Excision. See, Elenium is more on the good side. Okay, so there's different versions of that. Right, just because I like basketball doesn't mean I like watching LeBron every single game. Okay, that's not how it works. Um, with Taylor Swift, I, listen, man, it's like you have like you have those like guilty pleasure like music, music. Wow, music. I can't even talk music. Right, where it's like no, nope, never you listen to it. Like you just like you like it, but you don't really want to admit that you like it. You know what I mean? Taylor Swift is definitely that for me. But I'm fully aware of admitting that I like Taylor Swift. I always have. I can't. I can't. I can't knock her. It's just. It's entertaining. It's kind of depressing. It's poppy. Sam, I know you like it. Next question. Your from, girl likes it. How about that? <laughs> from Walter Bedford. <laughs> Why do most analysts rank Harden above Steph? To me, Steph Ooh. is a tier above. And to quote the God Zach Lowe. Closer to LeBron and KD than he is to players like Harden. Is it because Rockets and their fans whine like babies? Um, the insult Ooh. at the end, while I did enjoy it, I think it's, I think it's because players tend to still look at the game through an old school lens, and Harden makes a lot more sense than Steph Curry if he played in the nineties. It's really that simple. Like the minute Katie left, 
you see every player who hated the Warriors coming out and saying they're going to suck. <laughs> but the same players also said KD going there was unfair, so I'm confused. Yep, like they yep, tried yep. to create this scenario where KD was like LeBron leaving, leaving Cleveland, but the Warriors aren't Cleveland. Yep. So yep, 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 I'm yep. very confused here, but it, it, it all points back to the same thing. A lot of players were bothered by the Warriors' rise because it yep. gave way to Steph, who in their mind is not as complete a player and doesn't play with a certain level of physicality and do as many yep. things. Yep. And, I mean, it's a generational thing. I think in 20 years, maybe 30 years, people will look beyond it. But until then, no. Yep, I think you hit all the spots. And I just one more quick point I would say is Steph looks like Steph, man. It's always going to be like that. Steph looks like Steph. Steph is a skinny guy that does not look like James Harden, does not look like Giannis, does not look like LeBron James, right? Does not look like these guys. Um, and that's just how it's always going to be, um, like you said. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, Zach Lowe is definitely right. Zach Lowe, one of the smartest people in, in basketball media. So um, I think the other thing is I love that well-rounded uh, is a part that people say is an issue for Steph, and then they say Harden is better, and Steph is about 10 times better the defender that Harden is. So uh, that's always very fascinating. Um, and better off ball, games more versatile. Like if anything – Better Harden- clutch player. I mean, Harden's Harden's great, but like Harden's game is as one-dimensional as it gets. Yep. He's just amazing at that one dimension. Like you know it's coming, and you can't stop it. Basically. Yep. Yep. There's way less. Right. There's way less um, variety in his game. Anyway, okay. Two more questions. When do you think Willie Cauley Stein will become the full-time starter from SF Bay Drummer? I think he's starting from day one. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, full time starting center. What does that even mean? Starting every game? Let's 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 talk about the center position for a second because I kind of see it being pretty much a fifty fifty split with him and Looney. Um, I think Kerr's going to find it hard to play Looney at power forward next to. Please, please don't. What? Please don't play Looney at power forward. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I mean, please don't. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, it's. I think they're just gonna. It's gonna be a little matchup matchup thing. Like if if Willie's in his element and playing well, he'll play more minutes. If he's not, it'll be more of a Looney game. Looney's a consistent guy. Yeah, Looney's consistent. He's also a much better player. I think that Willie Cauley Stein is gonna operate. Re- I, people think he's good. <clears throat> people think he has a lot of potential and stuff like that. I think you'd agree with me here, Sam. I think he's just Javale, maybe a little bit better. Um, I don't think he's anything better than that. So, yeah, I think he starts, but I don't think he's going to come close to ever finishing games. I don't think he's going to finish any of them. Um, if you're trying to win a basketball game, I don't think Willie Cauley-Stein should be finishing anything. So, yeah, I think you could play him, you know, maybe 25 minutes a game. But, yeah, in crunch time, you're going to play Looney every single time. You have to. Yeah, I think I think Willie's going to be better on offense and defense for the Warriors. Like having a guy who's that athletic who gets to the rim at well. Yeah. Always, yeah. always a positive. But – yeah, I agree with you. Looney's going to be the guy close the games. That should be good. Looney's going to be fun, man. He he should have been the guy closing. He was closing the games in the finals and the the Western Conference Finals too. He's a he's a I good mean, player. Good some, for him. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. Last question from Nathan Hoffman: Has Steph ever had a love of the fame moment? <sighs> well. He, we didn't mention this, but he did play a, a pickup style basketball game in Oakland with Mr. Fab over the weekend. 
Um, although I will say I didn't really see any cameras outside of like your random dude taking film of the game. I don't know if that's love of the fame. Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, as your resident Steph Stan, I, I, I want to say no. I really can't think of anything. I think the only times he do love of the fame stuff is is uh, if he's you know kind of uh, uh, posting stuff about Aisha, <laughs> but. That's, I don't know. That's I don't more like love it. of love of uh, the bed, not having to sleep on the couch. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. Else. Oh, um, it's it's a good question. He for sure he for sure has because we all do. No one, everyone has. It's it's more of a it's more of a ratio thing. Or do you do more things because you like it for love of the game, or for the gram love of the, love of the fame. And I would say Steph clearly veers more into the authentic category than the fame category. So he's way more love of the game than he is love of the fame. I guess the only thing you could say is love of the fame is uh, the shimmying and the the bench celebrations in front of the opposing player benches. But I don't even think he, it's he that. knows what he's I would doing. Ne- I would never. I would never say when LeBron taunts on the court, it's love of the fame. What I consider love of the fame is when LeBron gets on Instagram and does stuff that's attention seeking behavior that you see from like you know, like that sixteen year old white woman. Oh, girls, yeah, like, I guess would be the would be know, the right maybe, way. Maybe maybe that girl from high school who who really wanted attention, that type of thing. But, you know, we're not gonna go there. Love of the fame. Uh Steph Curry, more love of the game than he will ever be than love of the fame. All right. Do we have anything else? Nah, we'll get out of here. Um, we're gonna do a few more of these kind of shorter pods uh, up until training camp, and then we'll get back into the grind. Yeah, we're almost back, man. I'm fucking juice. So, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Blue Wire. Next, next week we'll uh, next week we'll pod about how disappointed you are in Jimmy G. Listen, it's gonna be a great season for us. I, I'm very excited. It's halftime right now. Kendrick Bourne had a big catch for a touchdown. I'm excited, man. Our D line is deep. We've got decent, you know, I got a decent secondary. I thought was going to be uh, really bad. Um, Dante Pettis is soft, right? So that's an issue. But I don't know. Shanahan's a genius on offense. I kind of think that's going to take care of itself. And uh, I, Leonard's going to win eight, nine games. Is he good? Is, on he, actually, is he actually a genius? Because on offense, I don't actually buy that. Yeah, you don't buy that because your John Gruden is an idiot. That's why. No, Gruden's not an idiot. Gruden don't pro- has don't super, project. Gruden has a Super Bowl ring. Don't project. Um, <laughs> 20 years ago 15 but, but we, can, we can let that go I'm not I'm not actually sure he's a genius I think he's I think he's a genius the way that people think Russell Westbrook's a genius oh my okay uh, we out of here fame Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.